You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And this is a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And Chris is back to go through the Howling franchise. I'm stoked to be back. This movie is amazing. There we go. That's what I I knew you'd say that. Uh, I think Chris and I are very much on the same level with this one. And, and Matt is uh, way behind being on our anchor. Damn it, Matt. Why? It's not like I don't like it, though, because this movie is also very fun. <laughs> I just wanted to immediately start with being negative to Matt. That's how we do it in this uh, Analog Jones. I can take it. <laughs> it's just a drug trip is what this movie is. <laughs> so introduce. What did we watch, Matt? We are watching the Howling franchise for Halloween this year, and we have gotten to the third and final one we're going to cover. Howling 3, The Marsupials. All right, here we go. Here's the trailer. A terrifying legend never dies. It lives on. You were frightened in the howling. And you'll be horrified as never before as the howling terror continues in Howling 3, the most terrifying howling of all. I wonder how many more of them there are out there. But how many of them have we killed over the years? They're nearly extinct. I think they're dangerous. Evolutionary freaks. <gasps> we possess evidence that werewolves exist. Where, for God's sake? Australia. Ah! Oh, jeez, did I? Want to put a shrimp on the body? The howling terror continues with a whole new breed of werewolves in Howling 3. Rated PG-13. The New York Times hailed Howling 3 as the one werewolf movie to see this year. The New York Daily News called Howling 3 my kind of horror movie. Damn right. It's my kind of horror movie, too. You notice they leave out Howling 2? In the, the trailer, they leave out Howling 2. They just said that the horror you've seen in the Howling, now see worse in Howling 3. Yeah, I guess they were embarrassed. I don't know. Same director, though. They don't... I mean, I'm only hearing it. I'm not watching it. But like, it sounds like they're not really playing up the comedy aspect either. No, they were definitely trying to sell this as just a horror movie, which I don't know how many horror comedies there were, but I don't think they knew how to market these. Yeah, it's just like we have a werewolf. It's a horror thing. Let's just get people in with that. Like the the, the comedy's totally lost in that in that trailer. Anyway, horror fans, they I mean, they gotta like laughing sometimes, right? You can lie to them. Yeah, I mean, if if you're gonna sell this as like a horror comedy, you probably bring in a whole different kind of audience. But yeah, like you said, at this time they probably still didn't know that people liked this. <laughs> no, and this was like commenting on you know extinction two of the Tasmanian wolf or Tasmanian tiger, whatever they're called. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, this was, this was definitely a different type of horror film. Um, I wouldn't even, this, this actually goes 
even farther than like what Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 especially did. Uh, it's just a different type of horror film at the time period. And I'm here for it because this was fun. And also the first one of the series rated PG-13. Maybe the only one in the series rated PG-13, which I find very interesting as well, because there is some goopy, gross stuff in this. But yeah, it's not like blood. So I guess you could get away with it. Yeah, she refuses to take her top off. Yeah, there's no real like nudity like Mm -hmm. in it either, like Sybil Danning and uh, the second one. The violence is really minimal. It's like uh, cutaways and stuff. Yeah, but you get that weird fucking werewolf birth scene. So go figure. (laughs) (laughs) It's natural. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you it's the first time I've ever seen a marsupial werewolf be born. That's enough for a lifetime. (laughs) Okay, this uh, is a history into this. This is the first time I ever watched this film, and I had a blast. I mean, I wasn't on my phone. That thing was down. This was fantastic because once it hits like the 20-minute mark, and I wouldn't even say the beginning's slow. It's just, you know, you get through the, the video and everything. We'll talk about it later. But man, once it gets to the like set, the movie set, it doesn't stop. It's like, bam, bam, bam. I watched it this morning and I thought it was great. How about you, Matt? When, when did you see this one? This was another one that like my video store had. So I think I sought this one out a little bit after two. So like I mentioned in the last episode, two might be the first of the Howling movies that I saw then immediately would have been this. And so I kind of did the Philippi Mora series, <laughs> these two first, and they kind of introduced me to the Howling franchise. But yeah, this was just one my video store had, and I rented this one a few times as well, just getting getting into this series. And then, yeah, it was fun to dig out again for this. I hadn't seen it in a few years, so it's something. <laughs> it sure is. And just think, this was going to be a Nicole Kidman-led film. But she was too tall. I'm so glad. So glad she wasn't in it. And they didn't want another blonde werewolf. The main one, she's a mega babe. She's just, it. why would you have Nicole Kidman there? She's a great actress, too. I thought she was really good. I've never seen her in anything. So I don't know if she just quit acting. I don't really know. She is quite good in this, though. She is She is inhabiting this character. And yeah, she's also stunning. So it it helps carry your movie for sure. She's got 25 credits, so... Hey, Matt, she's in Queen of the Damned. Nice. (laughs) Holy shit, Club Vampire. Wow. She's in Farscape. Oh, I love Farscape. Yeah, it's a great show. Thank you. At least someone is here with me. (laughs) Like A lot of people I know haven't even heard of Farscape. It was on sci-fi. Hell yeah. She is exactly five years older than me to the day. And you look much better than her. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that is a complete lie. <laughs> <laughs> this is part of the show where Matt guesses the box office. And again, Matt, this is a tough one. Uh, directed again by Philippi Mora, who really knew what he wanted to do in this film. Because his behind the scenes in this is fantastic. And I'll discuss it during the film. Written by Gary Bradner again and Philip Mora. So this is a Philip Moore actually gets a uh, writing credit in this one. That's how much he had to do with this. And then based on Howling 3 Echoes, it's actually not at all. That book's completely different. Uh, Distributed by MGM, which is interesting. So MGM ended up purchasing the rights to this franchise. Matt, you've seen the rest. Do they do they do any more? No, I think it's passed on to what would become uh, like live 
entertainment, which would become like artists and which would become like Lionsgate, uh, I think from four on. Oh, so they went down that route. Okay. Yeah, I think the only the first three had MGM ties. Oh, did MGM re uh, distribute any of the other ones? Uh, well, they ended, just ended up putting out uh, one and two like on DVD later and stuff. They ended up being part of that library. Like you said, two was Hemdale. So those got split between Warner Brothers and MGM. And then mm-hmm. the first one was AFCO Embassy, which most of that stuff went over to MGM as well. So MGM ended up kind of having these first three. Okay. All the distribution shit you learn from Analog Jones. <laughs> uh, it's what all the fans are clamoring for. Exactly. <laughs> all right. This was released on November 13th, 1987. Friday the 13th, by the way. Good day to release this on. Uh, on a budget of around one to two million dollars. Mora said it was closer to one, but, you know, there were reshoots and marketing, actually heavy marketing in Australia. This was a uh, big hit there, uh, even though a lot of people wouldn't help uh, talk about it because they were embarrassed, like the uh, politicians and people inside there, uh, Australia would. I don't know why Australia got so embarrassed about all the B movies they were making because they're fucking fantastic. I would highly, highly, highly recommend right before you watch it, if you've never seen this movie, right before you watch this movie, watch the Not Quite Hollywood exploitation documentary that came out 10 years ago or whatever it was right before this it gives you some great they, they, i don't think they talk much about that they may breeze over it because i think they talk about philip Moore for a second it gives you a lot of context to kind of the weird movies that were coming out of australia at the time so a double feature if you've never seen howling three not quite hollywood first then this i think it'll be a really satisfying experience for you yeah i mean he was the first hollywood director who came to australia to do a film most of the time it was, you know, we were picking off some of their talent and stuff like that. But he went to Australia, you know, and then took a bunch of the talent down there and made a movie that hadn't been done. And that surprised me. But I guess a lot of the Australian movies that I have seen, like what is the Jamie Lee Curtis one I'm thinking about? Was it the truck one? Road Games? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a, a great slow burn movie, by the way, guys. But I thought that was an American crew that went to Australia. No, no. They just imported her, Jamie Lee Curtis, and a few other of the actors in there. And that's a pure Australian film. But, you know, it's got two of the leads are American. It's a great slow burn. I recommend that to anyone. Same thing, like uh, Matt said, not quite Hollywood. Fantastic documentary. Uh, just kind of blows your mind with the Australian B-movie surge that came in the mid late 80s and into the 90s and if you haven't seen razorback fucking watch it yeah russell mckay he's the man any of his movies are good um but anyway back to this box office for this my guess would be around the same as the budget again i know you said the last one made under a million but i'm still gonna guess that maybe this one made like a million there's a weird thing about it. According to Philip Mora with the box office, international box office, and I don't, I, it was released in the United States. I think this is the last howling to get distribution in the U.S. in the theaters. But he claimed that this made upwards of $5 million with how big it was in Australia and everything. Other people say, no, it's nowhere close. But he also says this made upwards of like $6, 7000000 million off the VHS sales. No one really 
you know, is fighting that. So he might be close on that. It's kind of controversial. I don't know. I, he said around five. Yeah. Again, before they really deeply started keeping track of all of these things. So it is going to always be hard to tell. But obviously, considering the fact that we still got five more movies after this, it must have made enough money to warrant keeping the franchise going, even though they should have very much stopped after this one. <laughs> I think this was the one it sold the most units ever because it's got an incredible cover. It I'm, does. I'm telling you that that's, I think that was your selling point for this one for bl- people going in blind. The cover is great. Uh, yeah, we did not have this at my, uh, the two rental stores that we went to. Cause if, if this was there, it would have been rented. This is fucking great. Yeah. It's a great cover. This wolf with the shiny eyes. Uh, and then you get the two quotes at the top. If you see only one werewolf movie this year, they don't finish the sentence. Though. I know. <laughs> yeah. They're like, see something else. <laughs> yeah. Avoid this at all costs, please. It's my kind of movie. The New York Daily News. What is he shredding through? Anyone have a guess? Or uh, it could be a she. I guess it could be a she wolf. Whatever. I don't know. The, the imperial veil. I don't know. Or whatever that fancy word is. Don't you come up here with those fancy words now. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what uh, this wolf is tearing through because like, you know, I would say it could be any, it could be from that birthing scene. It could be for, you know, like the, the curtain they had up there. It could be from the film set, but you see like the outback in the background. So I'm not really sure what this is supposed to represent. She wears a lot of white. Maybe it's like uh, lace. Who knows? Yeah, I thought it was cloth at first, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's like a tent that they were living in in those towns. And then I see it see-through, and I go, well, I don't know tents that are see-through. So I was like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? It looks cool. A bug net. And then, again, the font. The font on all the first three here that we've reviewed is fantastic. I want to watch this film. They're very metal font. Fuck yeah. Like the bleeding letters and the the harsh lines. It's like a metal band t-shirt just right there. I, I mean, I love this. I love this cover. It's good. I mean, I, I got to take two because I like the black and the simple, but like it, it is really good and it is very attractive. And like I said, I think this is why this movie got so rented and sold. I like two better, like as a as a cover. But I think I think this one more like for children would have wanted to pick it out, too. Yeah, it's it's a cartoon cover. And I, I can tell you, you could pick any cover of this series. And I don't think you're wrong. They're all great. Yeah, they're good. Even four and five have decent covers for shitbag ass movies. <laughs> I'm going to continue the series. Yeah, I almost want to watch them because you trash them so much. And I know I'm going to regret it. They're just boring. And I think that's the most offensive thing that, you know, a franchise like this could do. They're just boring. <laughs> I can watch all those shitty movies in the world. But if they're boring, that's that's what kills it. Yeah, it's the ultimate offense. I, I can watch trash. I can watch bad acting. I can watch offensive stuff. You know, like I can watch anything as long as there's something for me to grab onto with it. Like when it's boring, that's that. That's when I turn it off. Yeah, it's just got to keep you entertained for like an hour, hour and a half. Exactly. That's all I'm asking for. When it comes to horror movies, I'm so easy. I'm so easy to please. Like I really am. But in yeah, so when you're boring, that's like the harshest offense you can have against me because I I'm very easy to entertain when it comes to like monster and horror movies. 
All right, let's flip it over to the back here. I've got the werewolf horror continues in Howling 3. Descendants of the evil werewolf live quietly in the Australian outback. These are an incredible genus of marsupial werewolves. The defection of a young werewolf girl from the werewolf community brings attention to the tribe. Soon, the werewolves are being hunted down by a band of relentless soldiers. Finally, the horrible secret of the marsupial werewolves unfolds, including the terrifying sight of their pouched offspring. All of this adds chilling terror to all who encounter the marsupial werewolves. In Howling 3, the legend continues. Sounds like I wrote a review for a book in grade school. Yeah, this is bullshit. This is, uh, they're making this look like a real horror film, not a horror comedy. I love these stills they did choose, though, for the back of this, because uh, that's, I feel like, another thing that would have gotten me to rent this back in the day. Like, I would have flipped this over and seen this one werewolf with the with the pa- the hospital patches on it, and then the, the little thing popping out of bed, like, which looks like a sex scene kind of a thing. I would have been like, yeah, all over this. The chest burster? Yes. <laughs> Looks like she's giving birth to an alien. Yeah, I would have been like, I got to see whatever this is. (laughs) I would rent this in a second if we would have had this. But, you know, I'm glad I got to see it now because woo, woo, it's fantastic. You know what else is fantastic, guys? Rate and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, that was good. That's my transition. It helps us a lot. Uh, If you rate and review us now, you'll be put in. Uh, We're going to have another giveaway for Christmas. Uh, and the same thing, you can t- subscribe to us on YouTube, take a picture of that. It helps us a lot if you give us a nice description, if you like us. And remember, you can always go to your defaults. If you don't know what to write, you know, Matt rules, Steve rules. That's it. That's all you got to put. Something, anything. Just give us the five stars and tell us what you ate for breakfast that day. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I like Analog Jones and I like Rice Krispie Treats. Boom, there you go. Or it's the Halloween season. They they have blueberries and Count Chocula right now. Oh, man, I cannot wait to give my kid sugary cereals and then have my wife bitch at me about it. <laughs> uh, it doesn't do much for him. It's fine. Uh, they're all hyper anyway. Yeah, they're American. It's fine. <laughs> all right, let's get on to the feature presentation. And now, our feature presentation. Uh, no trailers. This is sad. All three Halloween movies, no trailers. It's a bummer. Just a different time. I, I think it's because this was passed on from, you know, distributor to distributor. And they just put out, uh, especially these last two for a quick buck. Yeah, it's not like uh, Hemdale or uh, Vista Entertainment had like a ton of MGM stuff coming out or whatever at the time. So why would you not try to make more money off your other stuff? I've never got that. Just throw them on there. Doesn't have to make sense. I, they caught they caught on to that in the 90s, I feel like. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's when you got the trailer overload on the tapes. <laughs> yeah, I heard someone talk about it one time. It was the Batman movie that really taught everyone you need to you know, market yourself. All right, we get into this and we get Harry Beckmeyer, an Australian archaeologist who shows this class a, a film from the 1905 Australian like uh, the Aborigines are dancing around him doing a ceremony around a wolf-like creature it, it's a weird way to start the movie I get it I totally do but when you look at like the vibe of this movie this seems very serious and and like you're studying it but the mass is also kind of creepy in a goofy way I love that scene 
it pulls you in. It pulls you into whatever, you know, the weird world you're about to explore in this movie. My favorite thing is reading my notes and then having the two people that are on here disagree with me. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's like an interesting because I, I, I like that it's not particularly like super funny yet. You know, like it's kind of giving you a little taste of the world and then we play it. Was the movie meant to be funny? Oh, yeah. Was it? Okay. I didn't know if they were like intending on it to be serious and it just turned out to be like like Troll 2's or Troll 2. Well, he wanted the second one to be funny too, you know, to be a horror comedy straight. But this one, he's like, you know, he got his own money. He went to an Australian bank. He's like, listen, the first one made five or six million dollars. The the bank in Sydney that he went to, they're like, okay, how much do you need? And he said he made an offer that he didn't think they could refuse, which was one million. And that's why you get into the like, maybe it was a million dollars. Because I think from what I heard, read that producers went back and got more money because they're like, hey, this is going to make money. And the bank's like, yeah, sure, whatever, market it. And it did. So it was a good investment by the bank. But this president is weird, right? So he goes to the president to warn him that a bunch of werewolves are going to start attacking because there's an attack in uh, Russia. Anyone pick up that he's just like, oh, I have a documentary crew here. Never goes anywhere in the film. No, no, they just break the fourth wall a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Is this a goddamn Polaroid of Jesus Christ or what? I love that line. (laughs) I really do think at this point, yeah, we are in comedy territory here. We are we are embracing the that genre with this one (laughs) at that point. Okay, Jerboa is this uh, the lead actress's character's name? Interesting name. Kept writing it over and over. Jerboa Jerboa. Jerboa Jerboa. That's that's my that's favorite name. line of this movie where mm-hmm. you can never trust somebody with two names. What's your name? Jerboa Jerboa. <laughs> <laughs> you have two first names. My name's Jerboa Jerboa. <laughs> yeah, really, really love that exchange. She ends up running away from her tribe. And the thing that gets me is she instantly is on a bus and it looks like a priest or whatever. And he goes, well, why would you run away from home? You should never run away from home. She's like, oh, it's because my stepfather uh, was abusive to me and, and raped me. And he just looks at her like, oh, you're crazy, bitch. I wrote that down. Like all my notes for this are just the one liners they said. And it's my stepfather tried to rape me and is he's a werewolf. Yeah, that's and it. He's like, all right, moving on. I'm just going to go back over here. Oh, that his face is. Oh, I wish I'd have a screenshot of that. It's fantastic. <laughs> she ends up running away and we were talking about this guy donnie pulls up in this park that she's staying at you know and just gets out of his car sees her this hot young girl and just flies at her at full, full sprint <laughs> what are you running from and then he corners her and he's like hey hey hey! you want to be in the movie I, I, okay it's not my movie but do you want to be in the movie i work for <laughs> And she's like, um, okay. If that's how you get women, I guess I got to change my game plan there. I don't think you want to do that. (laughs) 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 Don't start chasing women through parks. I feel like that's not, it's a little counterintuitive to your full on sprint. (laughs) Okay. So was this actually her stepfather or did I write these notes wrong? No, he says it's her, her dad, her stepfather. Okay, good. And if she's she's nice, he'll buy her a Sony Walkman. Oh, yeah. I caught that. I caught that. I love it. 
This dude looks like a straight Neanderthal. It reminds me of Mad Max and uh, Lord of Illusion. Like the Lord of the Illusion, like cult camp and like just Mad Max thrown together is what their camp is. I love it. I bet he's like an incredibly nice guy in real life, too. <laughs> he laughs a lot. I'm just, I'm just telling you, the scariest looking people or the weirdest looking people or whatever they are in these movies, I swear every time I see him at a con, they're like the sweetest people. They just got cast because they got a look, you know? Uh, yeah, so she ends up immediately getting a job with this director. And this director almost made me do a spit take. I was drinking and he comes on and goes, hello, darling. He's perfect. Uh, oh, my God. This dude's amazing. He's a perfect character. Uh, Jack Sertron, uh, whatever. Obviously, he's trying to be um, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. He's like a cross between uh, Hitchcock and uh, Peter Bogdanovich, I think is what they're going for with this guy. He's in Mad Max. Is he? Yeah. I don't know who, but he's in here. He is the collector. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he's the, the old dude in the camp. Like that yeah, he's in uh the Mad Max three. Thunderdome. He's the dude with all the glasses. Oh, that's Matt's favorite. Matt, really? No. I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Max one is by far the best. That's my favorite too. I, I know everybody loves Road Warrior, but I will rewatch the first one over and over and over again. I love the first one. I just play the role of older brother to Matt and constantly tease him. <laughs> That's fine. That's a good. You guys have a good dynamic. Because I can take a lot of shit. <laughs> That's why you have two hundred episodes and thirty-two listeners. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just got burnt by Chris. Fuck it, it was a good one. Damn it. Hey, you're one of them. So oh, I know. <laughs> Uh, you and like a lot of other people have wasted a lot of time. Gotcha. <laughs> I've listened to almost all of them now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, especially the ones where we go really long, like Mario Brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my favorite movie, though. I'm there for it. Okay, so uh, he, Shimi immediately gets a job at this. And he's like, you're so talented and beautiful standing in front of the camera and scream. Uh, then we find out she's never seen a movie and they go to a movie and I'm going to be honest. I really want to see it came from Uranus. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. I'm, I'm sad. It didn't come from his anus at all, <laughs> but I thought that would have been great. You bring up a good point. If the werewolf would have came out of some dude's asshole, that'd have been perfect. That would, that gave us the R rating. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that probably. Been. I love the actress's like really shitty Southern accent there. <laughs> God damn, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> I love movies shot in movies. Yeah, this movie just breaks the fourth wall the whole time, though. That's fantastic. This this is a movie with the movie being made inside of it while they're watching a movie that was shot for a movie. And one of the end scenes, they shut the camera off of the president and it ends the movie. It's great. Yeah, this movie's there's great. Like three layers of movie happening within the howling three it's like they told us <laughs> <laughs> and like all of us who take dates to shitty movies they immediately sleep together it, no that never happens <laughs> oh well you gotta try harder bud <laughs> i'm married I don't, I don't know what it's like anymore <laughs> <laughs> the line of like hey you want to be in a movie <laughs> do you want to be in shapeshifters part eight that's not that's not what they look like 
yeah, I, I do like that. She's like, no, 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 we don't do that. And I like how this uh, franchise is also stuck that none of them turned into werewolves off full moons. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I gotta say, if she wouldn't take off her bra, fine. That might be some kind of image thing, whatever. But if I took down the sheet and I saw she was covered in white fur and had a scar that kind of looked like a pouch, I'm concerned this guy's uh, otherwise is like, eh. Hey, hey, if you like somebody, everybody's different, all right? You can't just instantly judge them. You talk about that later. <laughs> and in, in the heat of things, in the thick of things, you, you only, yeah, you only question that stuff after. <laughs> yeah. It was after she was asleep. <laughs> That's when you question it and be like, well, this happened. But this dude's like, nah, I'm game. it it was so good he was like don't care don't care about the pouch doesn't matter no it's fine she's great (laughs) uh and then uh, we get the rap party which i love because like we find out strobe lights uh make them transform and i guess to get her mind off of it she's like we gotta have sex now well, I mean, maybe it maybe it cures him. Man. I mean, it fixes headaches. It's I was trying to thing. I was trying to think that, too. I was like, does sex stop their transformation? I got that vibe. I got that vibe. From that's what movie. I was I, thinking, too. Yeah, I think that's like it's one of those like craving type things where it's like this is the only thing to offset it. So if you're dating a werewolf, just keep a strobe light around if you want to get laid. That oh. seems a bit. Uh... <laughs> That seems yeah. a bit forcey. I'm not <laughs> not super into that. <laughs> yeah, I'll well, it's a idea. joke, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not real, so. Or are they? Dun dun dun. They're all. In this Russia, movie breaks so the wall enough to. times; they could be real. <laughs> yeah, so she ends up running away from the rap party, and she gets hit by a car, and that's how she gets to the hospital. But I can tell you, I forget about that because when I have three nun marsupial werewolves show up oh at a rap God. party. I forget about everything else. Them on the bus was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you have her line written down? She's like, I smell her already. She was sitting in the seat. No, but that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if she said more, but I cracked up. Uh, so those are her like sisters, which I didn't pick up until the end. That's why she's worried when they said they killed everybody and she like mentions them. And I only know that from IMDb. I had no idea what their names were. But I can tell you, there's some still shots of the three nuns, werewolf nuns, uh, online that are fantastic. That I send people. I'm gonna just start sending people. It's just great. It'll just give them a laugh. It's awesome. Yeah, it's good image. Good image. Iconic with this movie. Just noticed something. The the other covers get away from the claws and just go with the eyes. Oh, do they? Yeah, Howling 4 is like a full mask. Howling 5 is like a half mask. Howling 6 is just an eye. Gotta go with the rips, guys. It's kinetic. It's energetic. How So how would you judge 4, 5, and 6 that you're looking at there? I don't know. The The best one, VI, that's 6. Yeah, 6. But 7's not showing up. I think 6 is the best one, but it makes me think of uh, Leprechaun. That's what the eyes look like. So I totally would have rented that. Well, six, six is the best of the, the later sequels, so there you go. Yeah, it's the only one worth watching past this one. Okay, so uh, they end up tracking her, the three wolves, tracking them in the hospital, and then they rip up a bunch of the doctors. But don't worry, Beckenmeyer gets away. Uh, and then they drag her back to the town of Flo, which I love because I was like, oh, that's wolf backward. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yep. <laughs> well, I feel stupid as hell now. 
Well, you're not the one who just made a rape joke with a strobe light. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good point. I'm good. I didn't mean it to be a rape joke. (laughs) There you go. I covered it up. Now you don't look like an idiot. Now I just look like a creep. Yeah, it's that that's that Missouri uh, upbringing there. <laughs> yeah, sadness. I'm just gonna drink. I'm just. Oh, my beer's done. Damn, I can't even cry into my beer. And your son's not old enough to get it yet. Somewhere, Beckmeyer and Sharp see a Russian ballet dancer. I'm gonna read my note because I'm serious. Somewhere, Beckmeyer and Sharp see a Russian ballet dancer turn into a werewolf during her practice, but I can't remember where it was because the timeline. Because there's so much, uh, I can't remember where it was in the timeline because there's so much going on. They seen the movie and they're like, there's a movie being set. I got invited to a rehearsal tonight. You want to go? And that's it. But that, that like scene where she's freaking out, she's going to turn into a werewolf and uh, the opera singer singing the whole time. And then his hair and his eyebrows won't start twitching. And then he writes, or he draws the, um, God, the leader of the pack. And she falls in love with him right there. That is a fucking scene. <laughs> that Dude. is intense. There's just so much going on. She's like hyperventilating and growling at the same time. And his eyebrows and forehead won't stop moving. Like his entire hair is moving. Well, and then the next scene when she's like spinning around and dancing with all the people, she turns into a werewolf and I guess kills someone. I don't know. Yeah, she like bites the, the lead male in half. It seemed like he like jumped into her mouth. Six or seven times. Then she's into the hospital. Oh, no, no, no. Then we cut to the birth scene, don't we? That's next. Yeah. Yeah. That's next. Yeah. yeah. So that ended up, there was a mouse death in this, by the way. So initially the director's like, I don't know, put a mouse in a suit. And then the mouse was going everywhere. And they're like, well, this isn't working. Give the mouse some sedative. And they gave it too much, killed the mouse. Then they got another mouse and gave it less. And then finally just had it crawl Actually, they ended up having to record it and then uh, just play it backwards of uh, it crawling out of the pouch and uh, down to her vajayjay. I mean, it's not as bad as Milo Otis. Oh, no. What do we got on that? That's that's like the, the, the one where the cat and the dog want to get home, right? Yep. Yeah. So the scene where they throw the cat off the cliff multiple times, uh, the cats died every time and they had multiple dog deaths, too. What? Yeah, it's fucked. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, before there were people designated for the sets to make sure that shit didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because of that movie. Oh, wow. That's that's grim. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. That's a lot of cat and dog death. I don't like that shit. I don't want to ever watch Milo and Otis. Again. Yeah, it really puts a damper on it. <laughs> really takes the fun out of the adventure. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, Thilo here and Olga get to kill a bunch of doctors to escape, so that's fun. Yeah. And then they somehow meet up with Beckmeyer, Donnie, and Jerboa. Uh, I do love how apparently Olga is like in to the Thilo. And then she falls in love with the doctor and it feels like it just happens scene after scene. And you're like, um, okay, guess that happened. They like, uh, the, I don't know the character's name, but the actor is the Burnham Burnham. He has two first names also. Jeez, that's crazy. But yeah, no, the Aborigine guy that like jumps out and scares people after he got the demon, he like called towards them. 
Oh, yeah, the Phantom. Yeah. And then kills the hunters, which is a fun scene. But even better was when they burn his body and then his skeleton comes back to life to bite a soldier. <laughs> the tracker's like, if you had one tooth, you'd shove it down your mouth and out your ass. No shit. <laughs> like, I'm leaving. Uh, and then Thilo. First of all, Donnie's a total idiot. Who would pick a fight with Thilo? That dude would beat the shit out of you. And even if he couldn't as a human, he'd turn into a werewolf and kill you. What is wrong with you, Dottie? He's not a werewolf. Okay, a were weresupial? Yeah, get it right. Marsupial <laughs> werewolves. Uh, but anyway, he leaves and then turns into like, he does a whole spirit dance too and turns into, I paused it by the way, which looks like a badass Razorback puppet. That I guess they couldn't get to move much, so they cut away real quick. That's what I thought it was too. I thought it was like a like a big ass ape is what I thought it was. Nice, looks awesome. Uh, and then the fireworks go off that is supposed to be a rocket launcher and kills, I guess, the entire encampment. But uh, I do like how they took Thilo as a stepfather rapist, and then he becomes kind of the hero that saves them from. The soldiers? What is He's just an animal breed. You know, they're just living their animal life. I mean, it's what happens in the animal kingdom, apparently. Mm -hmm. But he offers Walkmans. He, he does. Those are very uh, enticing. Uh, and then uh, they go off and live in their Georgia, the jungle life. Donnie, Jerboa, Olga, and Beckmeyer. And I noticed Beckmeyer and Olga end up having two kids. Donnie and Jabro Jabroa had a kid. Did you notice that the child, though? Like when it was like an infant looked like a halfling, like a half breed between yeah. both. And then he grows up to be completely normal. He has the the markings of the Tasmanian tiger on his back. That's true. That's pretty too. cool. And then when they're leaving, his head just keeps running into his dad's bag and the fence. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, what I thought was hilarious is the Donnie and Jabroa end up moving to Hollywood. And then his fucking mustache where he was supposed to be yeah. a famous director. I couldn't stop laughing at like I rewound the scene. I'm like, it's so bad. Yeah, that is the worst acting in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just this is so passionate. Why don't you just use it in your movie? OK, I will. Fine. In scene. Sorry. Then the end, uh, you know, she's uh, sharp finds them out in the woods on the outback. And he's like, oh, don't worry, the president, you know, he's fine with you guys. Uh, you can all come. You all have amnesty. Uh, he felt bad for, you know, killing your entire kind. Dame Edna Everidge. You guys remember this uh, cross-dresser? Yeah. Oh, yeah. From tons of things. Referenced quite a bit in Not Quite Hollywood. Yep. Uh, here here he goes. Here's a little 20 seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, it's a very great honor for me to be presenting this wonderful award. Very great honor, and it's lovely to be here too, wherever that may be. <laughs> all I'd like to say to all those nominees for Best Actress, it's not playing the game. It's the winning that counts. See, I thought this, I guess, showman, is that what we're going to call? I, I don't know. Is it a drag queen? I, I don't really know. I think at, at the time, no no terms really defined then. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but what I thought they were uh, British. That's what I thought, too. Anybody, I guess we just don't know. I don't. Yeah, I, my familiarity with this character was from 
not quite Hollywood as well. So like, okay. I, I don't know. I, my guess would have been Australian also. So I don't know. I do like uh, the dig where she, you know, it says like, uh, we're here wherever we are. <laughs> it's like, cause it looks like they're in like just a, like a set in like a small set somewhere. Cause they're not showing any of the crowd. They're in somebody's closet. It was funny. And then she, uh, she comes on, she wins the award and she turns just like Karen at the end of the first one. It, it, that was fun. I, I like the, the callback to it, but I like even more that we see Olga turning because of the flashing lights of the, the cameras, but then it goes to sharp, you know, like Beckmeyer's friend who's just like smiling and laughing, like deliriously as it slowly pans into the Tasmanian uh, tiger picture. Yeah. It's great with Beckman and uh, I can't remember her name, but the uh, the werewolf from Russia, the ballet dancer. Oh, they just keep zooming. Yeah, Olga. They just keep zooming in with a fish line or fish eye lens, just getting more and more close to the the TV. And I mm-hmm. I think I I love that scene. Like it, it just reminds me of a bunch of those weird art house films. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I love it. It reminds me of direct to video films too. Is like they they get really a little experimental sometimes. And yeah. this was fun to watch. Yeah, they love the use of the fisheye in this movie. Yeah, sure. they did it in the party scene, and the party scene is tight. That is yeah. a really, really good scene. All the costumes and everything, it's great. I, I do think it's its kind of cool on this movie that uh, the director and the writers, they kind of get like one uh, vision through. Uh, it seems like they knew what they were making at the beginning. Everyone was on board. I think that's what makes this movie pretty special is everyone seems to be on the same page and uh, I, I highly recommend it. I, I'm surprised this movie's not talked about more. It's finding a cult audience uh, like like two is. I think there are two different kinds of audi- cult audiences, but they're both kind of finding their way, I guess, with the Scream Factory releases of both. And I, th- I think people have kind of renewed interest in the series. Yeah. So uh, it, it's happening. People are finding it slowly but surely. Well, this was released in 87 and MTV was huge at that time. Yeah, and it has that vibe. So like it it feels like a lot of music video directors back in the day. Absolutely. And people love that stuff right now. So yeah, it's obviously. Yeah, my son's like rediscovering shit I grew up with. And it's it's like a whole trend now. It's just it's crazy seeing what you grew up with become popular again. It's yeah, cool again. (laughs) Yeah, I saw a girl that looked like she was about. 17 or 18 walking her dog down the street while i was walking the dog and she's has a nirvana shirt on and i'm like yep so this is happening (laughs) (laughs) it's 92 again look out (laughs) and a lot of people are like i wish i was born in the 90s like people our age used to say they wish they were born in the 70s which is stupid but yeah it happens it's crazy okay uh so i guess you two fully recommend this as well yeah it's great very fun very fun i'm I said it the other one. I'm partial to two, but they're both good. I like both a lot. You could blow through this trilogy very easily. <laughs> this is not a horror movie at all. I do not recommend it for like horror fans. Agreed. Yeah. Like if that's all you want to watch and that's all you care about, then I would not recommend it. But if you just like weird shit, it's it's up your alley. It's great. Damn right. All right, let's go on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. 
So do you! This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back. This is going to be our third wing of the Howling Museum. It's going to be tough because Howling 2's wing was pretty damn good. So, Chris, I'll let the guests go first so we don't take anything from ya. I really like that opening scene where they're poking the werewolf a lot, and that's what I originally wrote down. But by the end, I just loved Kennedy and how he jumps out and scares people. When I'm jumping out with like a marsupial werewolf like doll with a pole string on it that just says all the shitty one-liners in this movie. Like, the UFO was made out of a condom full of dog shit. I don't believe anything anymore. <laughs> like, just all of those. Just every time he pulls it out and runs away. Oh, yeah. I forgot Sharp said that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, that's, that's so many one-liners in this. Okay, Matt, you're next. I I just love the... It's another one-liner thing, but I just love the Jerboa Jerboa exchange. I just the first time I saw this movie, that like nearly killed me. It was just it's such a good dumb joke that like everybody is all in on, like, and it's just it's funny. Uh, there there's so many other yeah weird one-liners you could pull, but yeah, I got I I just love that moment. I'm taking that moment early on, and the when you meet like the the director and the crew and stuff like that, I just think that scene is so funny i laugh pretty hard at it it's good there's just so so much good in this film uh i'm uh, just gonna tell people over and over to watch this film hopefully some of them do uh mine is gonna be uh the movie in the movie i really want to watch it came from uranus <laughs> i just yeah. loved that like muppet reject werewolf that they had the big duck bill face yeah <laughs> it looks like wily e. coyote all smashed oh i love it I mean, one of my favorite genres is movies and movies uh, where they make a movie where there's a movie being made, um, you know, anything like that or or in a movie where they're watching movies. Always love mm-hmm. that. All right. Uh, we'll go on to what we're watching. Uh, I am reading. Actually, I'm listening to it because uh, I don't read um, words are hard, but uh, yours cruelly by uh, Elvira. It's like her memoirs, her life story. Wow. I'm only a third through the book. What a life. Crazy. Uh, it should be called so far Elvira and how many times I've been sexually assaulted or, you know, like just, ugh, wow. That's a different time period. And she laughs it off at one point. She's like, well, it was the 60s and 70s. It was all about free love. She was in the news recently, too. Oh, was she? Yeah, she came out as a lesbian. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's apparently going to be in the book, too. Her partner and her have been together for like 20 some years, apparently. She was just afraid to say anything. Yeah. See, I think the horror uh, crowd would have just been like, oh, okay. Yeah. The horror crowd's like, yay, we love you still. You know, like there's no, nothing changes for us. We just, we still love her. <laughs> I don't know if all of them would have. Yeah, some, some of the neckbeards would have been uh, kind of dicks about it, but yeah. The gatekeeping neckbeard assholes. We don't count them, though. Yeah, the real fun <laughs> end of the horror and weird shit. Dude, I'm a huge fan of anime. I run into those people all the time. You don't know real horror. Okay. <laughs> Gonna get this shit again. Uh, you can you can tell them. You can spot them, too, now. I mean, it's been a while since I've been in the theater, but uh, I'm about to go watch Halloween Kills uh, tomorrow morning, Sunday morning. And um, we're recording this on a Saturday, if you couldn't figure that out. Uh, I'm going to see the neckbeards there and you can spot them from a good like 500 feet away, a thousand feet away. You're like, you can also sometimes smell them. 
That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so, Those dirty hoodies that they yeah. never wash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, those fucking assholes. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're just in the horror industry. You have to put up with them. They suck. Yep. Yeah. They don't represent us, though. They're just a small sect. No, they, they represent the Internet. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the, the Internet portion of us. Most of us that grew up in the video store are pretty nice, normal people. <laughs> yeah, we get all our anger and hatred out in our films and music. Yeah, exactly. And when you we're pretty mild mannered when you talk to us in real life. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you if you go to HorrorCon and you go to the guy or the girl with the most amount of tattoos and like you know, a bunch of piercings and the crazy hair. Nicest people in the world. Just yeah, stay absolutely. away from those hoodie people. <laughs> the dirty hoodies, yeah. the smellies. Stay away yeah. from them. I mean, I look like I crawled out of a dumpster, but I know how to use a washer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, it's not difficult. Not hard. <laughs> All right, Chris, you got anything? Uh, I haven't really watched much. Like I said, I've just been busy, but we downloaded... Uh, Back for Blood last night, the video game that's supposed to be the successor to uh, Left for Dead. It is a fucking blast. You're just mowing zombies down, and there's one part where you got to make a diversion so a busload of people can load up. And you go over, you go to a bar. This is like the third level. Nobody's going to get mad. And you start a jukebox, and it played fucking Ram Jam's Black Betty at full blast. And you're just surrounded by zombies and just murdering stuff. Oh, what's it called again? Uh, Back for Blood. Yeah, it just came out uh, a couple days ago. Is it just for PC? Or is it Xbox? Uh, no, it's uh, Xbox Pass. It's free. Oh, and they okay. have it on PlayStation. So, yeah, we downloaded it right away. It was great. Sweet. Uh, those uh, blowing away zombie games are always fun. Yeah, it's hard, too. Oh, a challenge. All right, Matt, you got anything? Since we're doing kind of mixed media, and like I really haven't been watching a ton. I, I mentioned in the last episode some of the franchises i'm going through slowly uh but i haven't been really watching a ton of other stuff but since we're doing mixed media or whatever uh album i just purchased that i actually really liked um and maybe chris will have some insight in this since you're a music guy too um i liked the new iron maiden album quite a bit actually i haven't bought uh, one of their albums since uh the dance dance of the dead or whatever it was called uh from 10 years ago or whatever. Uh, I haven't bought one of their albums in a long time and I really like this new one. Is it new? It's new? Yeah, they're new. they had a new album come out uh, like a couple months ago. Yeah, my parents are real young, so I grew up on all that and then I got into just way weirder music, but I'll have to check it out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, no, they have, a, they have a new album out. It feels very 80s, like, uh, you know, very melodic, fun 80s metal kind of stuff and it you know it's iron maiden so it tells a story and yeah. uh, I, I thought it was really good i really haven't bought many new albums from old bands in a long long time and mm. i was pleasantly surprised with this new one yeah. so if you guys like metal and horror and stuff like that i recommend the new iron maiden album which i don't know the name of <laughs> but it's good <laughs> but it's good spirit halloween or whatever it is spirit they have a uh, licensed Iron Maiden, uh, the Eddie masks. Oh, Excellent. do they? If you're interested, Excellent. they have them. Hmm. I'm sure they're expensive, but they're there. Iron Maiden's back in vogue as well now, I guess. <laughs> Apparently. All right. That'll end it this week. Chris, thank you for coming on for Halloween. Thank you for calling on, coming on for Howling 2 and 3. And I hope we have you back sometime. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. It was, yeah, it was a, I was nervous as shit, but it turned out to be a blast. 
Couldn't tell. You sounded good. You sounded great. Thanks. I know you got that nice little calm baritone voice going. Oh, thanks. Hides all my rage. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, remember to be kind. Rewind. <laughs>